0: talk about power in waiting there's power in waiting nobody likes to wait do they we want things instantly but it's part of life psalms 27:14. it says wait on the lord and he will strengthen your heart wait on the lord be of good courage, up there it says in King James Version, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Hallelujah. Don't worry about waiting. Don't worry about things not coming right away. You are being strengthened, it says. We don't feel like we're being strengthened, but a lot of our character is being strengthened. Our faith is being strengthened as we wait upon him. Then Psalms 37, 34 says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. That's one of those scriptures I like, especially today, when there's so much wickedness out there, so much is coming against the people of God, and so much is coming against the church. We know that we will see the wicked cut off. We're going to see it with our very eyes. But we are to wait on God to do it. God does it in his timing. He does it without any malice. We would do it because we're angry and upset. But God doesn't, God doesn't, He has no uh, feeling of hatred against them when He has to judge anybody because He is a God of love. But He does it because He's a just God. So if we wait on Him, we will inherit the land. The meek shall inherit the land. Meek people are people who know how to wait. And we, as Christians, God is telling us, at this time in the earth and at this time in our life, we need to learn to wait. Then there's Hosea 12, chapter 2 through 6. I'm going to read at it. I'm not, I'm going to, I have on my notes here to read it, but I'm going to t- just touch on it. 2 through 6, uh, Hosea is talking about Israel and Jacob. He calls him Jacob here, and he talks about the deeds of Jacob and all the bad things that Jacob did and how Jacob failed. And last night, pastor, uh, our pastor Thad talk, talked about not to be afraid to fail. And Jacob failed many times throughout his life, and, but yet God blessed him. God moved in his behalf. But the last verse says, in the sixth verse of, of Hosea 12 says, So you, by the help of your God, return. He's talking to Israel, the country, the people. Observe mercy and justice and wait on your God continually. Wait on Him continually. So that's telling us it's going to be a continual thing, right? That we're going to have to wait on God. He doesn't work in our behalf instantly. He can, and sometimes he does. But most of the time, he wants us to trust him. Uh, And in Genesis 49, 18, Jacob said when he was blessing his sons. That's Genesis 49, chapter 18, verse. He was blessing his sons. And all of a sudden, he says, I am waiting for your salvation, O Lord. Even in that time, in his life, going to be with the Lord, he was dying at the point, and he was blessing his sons before he died. He says, "I'm waiting for your salvation. I'm waiting for your deliverance, O oh God. Aren't you today? Aren't you? Whether it's your last breath, you're still waiting for your salvation, O oh Lord. When He delivers me, when, And it says, "Great is with those who die in the Lord." Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jacob saw his sins and failures and those of his sons. He was crying out for a Savior to deliver them at that point. Still we're looking for deliverance. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4 says, Our God acts or takes action for the one who waits for him. God acts for the one who waits for him. Then we find in Mark 15, 23, In the New Testament, Joseph of Arimathea waited for the kingdom of God. Many of the people of that day were waiting for Messiah. They were waiting for the kingdom of God. Then, of course, Acts 1-4, the disciples waited for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. They waited. They waited. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 1-10 tells us to wait for His Son from heaven. We are to wait for His return. Wait for His Son from heaven. Philippians 3, 20-21 says, Eagerly wait for the Savior. Eagerly. We should not do it as, Oh my, i got to wait another year. Oh my, how many years have I waited for this prayer to be answered? No, eagerly wait. Look forward to what's coming. Because God has a special blessing in everything we ask for. When he answers, he adds to it. Can you realize that? When he answers, he adds to it. It's like your birthday, you know you're going to get a present, but grandma or grandpa or mother or daddy throws in a little extra money. Say, go shopping. Oh, that's worth waiting for, right? You get your little present, then they give you some money on top of it all because you eagerly waited. Hallelujah. How many little children eagerly wait for their birthday? They eagerly wait for Christmas? We should be like a little child. Jesus tells us we should come to him as a little child. Hebrews 9, 28 tells us that those who eagerly wait for him, we're talking about Jesus, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Salvation is complete deliverance. Complete deliverance. When he comes back, we're going to be completely delivered. Hallelujah. Even the Lord Jesus is waiting. Did you know that? Hebrews 10, 13 says, Jesus is waiting until his enemies are made his footstool. He is waiting for his kingdom. So not only are we waiting, Jesus is waiting. He's waiting when the Father says, It is time. It is time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But have you ever had to wait? I mean, really wait? I'm sure you have, and it's not fun. We get impatient and give up many times. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And the natural waiting seems to be unproductive at times. I know I've waited in line and had to leave because my time was running out, and I was out of place that they were just taking the, too long. and It was unproductive. It did not... It did not Uh, was not productive at all for me to stay in that line. I'd have been late for where I was going, so I had to leave. But it's different with God. If He promised it, it will come to pass. My thought on waiting came when I was reading in Genesis of the story of Joseph and how long he waited for what the Lord God showed him. Have you ever thought about Joseph? By his waiting, it brought him power. It brought him power. Joseph, when he was in his teens, being the baby of the family at that time, born of a different mother, and he was loved by his father more than his brothers. He had two strange dreams about his brothers bowing down before him. On top of it all, he related the dreams to them. I read in the commentary he said he really should have told his father first, but he was young. And excited about what he saw. I don't think he meant any harm by it, but they took it wrong. All of these circumstances made his brothers jealous of him, and they hated him. He comes out one day to check on his brothers in the fields, and they decide they're going to kill him. He was thrown in a pit, but Reuben, the elder brother, rescued him. A group of Midianite traders came by, and they sold him and they took Joseph to Egypt. Afterwards, they killed a kid of the goats and dipped his coat of many colors in the coat's blood, which his father gave him, the coat, you know. You know the story of his father made the coat from Joseph. And then they brought it home to Jacob. Jacob sees the coat covered in blood, and he pronounces Joseph's death. Did you notice the sons never opened their mouth? Jacob was a deceiver, so was was his sons. And that's what, when you read Hosea later, you're going to find out that's what Hosea is talking about. He's talking about Jacob deceived, he was a deceiver, and how Israel became a deceiver, all their people. So Jacob came to the conclusion that Joseph was dead because of the blood that they had on him. Now here is the power that comes in waiting. Joseph waited in the pit. Pastor Thad and I was talking about we don't know long, how long he waited in that pit. He was sold to Egypt and to Potiphar and served many years there. He was placed in prison because of Potiphar's wife lying upon him for many years. and finally he was brought before Pharaoh to reveal the famous dreams of Pharaoh of seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Pharaoh elevates Joseph to second in command to him in Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old. He was 17 when he was sold into Egypt, and he was 30 years old when he was elevated to power in Egypt. Now, during the famine, Joseph was probably around 37. I'm figuring out, you know, seven years of good, and then seven years. A famine. We don't know exactly what part of that famine that Israel, the, uh, the children of Israel came to Joseph. But I say he was probably 37 years or older when his brother stood before him and bowed before him, just as he dreamed. Joseph waited faithfully and served God and Pharaoh. Because of his faithfulness in waiting, the Lord showed him that his dreams came to pass are raising him to power. And at the end of Genesis, the, the, uh, his brothers are worried about Joseph's going to hurt, hurt them because of what he, they did to him. But Joseph said God knew exactly what he was doing. God's plan, this was all in God's plan, to save the children of Israel, to save Jacob's family, to save Abraham's seed, where the Lord Jesus came from. God is faithful. What he says he will do, he will do it. There are others in the Bible that waited for the manifestation of the power and promises of God, and I'm sure you can thank many, but I'm going to touch on some, so bear with me. Number one, Noah preached 100 years while he was building the ark for the flood that Almighty God said was coming. When the ark was finished, the flood came, demonstrating the power of waiting. Number two, Abraham waited many years for a child. And at 100 years old, the Lord fulfilled his promise with the promised seed, Isaac. Number three, Joshua and Caleb waited 40 years before they went into the promised land. But they did, and they had power with God and the people. Number four, David was crowned king as a boy, but waited many years of struggle and hardships. Before it was fulfilled, but it came to pass and he reigned in power. He was anointed, not really crowned, he was anointed as a boy to be king. Number five, Daniel and Ezekiel prayed many years and prophesied of the day when Israel would return from captivity. And in 70 years, they returned to Israel from Babylon. Number six, in the New Testament, Simeon and Anna in the New Testament prayed many years and were looking for Messiah before they saw him. They were up in age, but God fulfilled their promise. They asked God that they may see the promised one before they died. Number seven, the disciples of 120 waited for 10 days before the Holy Spirit came on the scene and filled them because power comes. To those who wait. Power comes to those who wait. We pray and ask God for things. We ask God to change things. And the wait seems like forever. Sometimes the wait is years. Sometimes it's months or weeks or days. But hang in there. God will answer your prayer, and He will fulfill His promises. In the way, our faith is made strong because we are continually going to the Word for strength. Have you noticed that? In your way, you're continually building yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost and reading the Word. It helps us in our, in our waiting. It strengthens us in our waiting because the Scripture says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. Do you believe God's word? Are you crumbling under the weight of waiting? Waiting for the coming of the Lord has been a millennial task for the church. Jesus said when he returns will he find faith on the earth? That's found in Luke 18.8 That has always been a pondering question to me. He's coming back for the faithful that have been eagerly waiting for him. The faithful will experience the power that comes from waiting. Waiting is not easy for the human being. Many times we do things for ourselves instead of waiting on God because the wait is too long. And then we find ourselves in failure. Pastor Thad talked about the hardships of failure. Not let the hardships of failure get into to us last night. And if we don't learn how to wait, we will find ourselves in failure. We will get impatient, and we'll do things on our own. I believe the lack of the ability to wait is part of the sin nature of a man. Many people give up on God because they are not willing to wait. They give up on their tithing, or their giving their seed, or giving of their seed because the Lord hasn't blessed them as soon as they thought he would or when they needed it. The Lord, al- the Lord always looks at our motives. I was telling someone that the other day. He looks at our motives. When we, what, when we do for him and his kingdom, when it ha- was it about the kingdom of God and, and working for him, he looks at our motives. Why do you do what do you do for God? Are we doing for him to get something in return? Or giving because we love him and his kingdom. And do we believe do we do because we believe his word on giving? We give because we believe his word on giving? God is looking at your motive. Don't let you be mo- let, don't let your motive be without love. Do it whether you get anything in return. Do it because you want to see the kingdom of God grow. Whatever God is asking of you, do it for Him because of what He did for you. Have you noticed that we spend a lot of our time on waiting? You think about how much time we spend each day on just waiting. We complain to God if we have to wait, wait on Him. If it doesn't happen right away, well, we start complaining to God, to everybody else. But every day we wait. We wait in traffic. How many likes to wait in the stoplight or start in the Especially when you're in a hurry. Oh my goodness. We wait on phone calls. Oh, you get a phone, you gotta call, do a business transaction, and they put you on hold. And you gotta wait. We wait at the doctor's office. Sometimes they take you in right away, sometimes they make you wait. Sometimes they have an emergency and you have to wait. We wait on appointments. We have we want the appointment tomorrow, but we have to wait. Some nowadays, if you try to get an appointment, you got to wait months in advance just to see a doctor or just to get in anywhere. Because everybody's so backed up. We wait in line in the supermarket. How many try to always if you got a few few pieces you want to get in that short line? Because we don't like to wait. Wait, we wait on people. They say I'm coming at a certain time and they hadn't got there. Maybe you've had dinner ready, and they're late. <laughs> We're waiting on mail orders. Do we complain about that? And on and on we wait. But what do we complain the most if God doesn't do what we want? But waiting is a part of life. It is a part of life. When I think of waiting, I think of how long the church of Jesus Christ has been waiting for his return for his church. It's been over 2,000 years since Jesus gave us that promise. How many generations have gone by? My parents, grandparents were looking for the coming of the Lord and they sung about it in church. They talked about it, they preached about it, more so than we do now. And they went to be with the Lord without the Lord coming back like he said, in the clouds, like he promised. But to those that are faithful to his word are still waiting. We're still waiting. It's not those who begin the waiting race. It is those that finish the race or their course here on the earth that's going to receive the divine power of God in their life. For each generation, he has power for that generation. He has a plan for that generation. And He's going to manifest His power in that generation. And we must be watching and waiting for that power while we're waiting. Yes, things are getting rough for the Christians. And all signs around us say it is not going to be smooth sailing for the church as before. And what does the Christians do? (laughs) They begin to cry out for the Lord's return. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I don't know if I can stand this. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I don't want to go through this. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But if everything is going great, we have no threats or problems, we have a tendency to not cry out for his return and go back to mediocre Christianity. I feel that's when the churches cries out as a whole from around the world. I think it's going to have to be a worldwide thing. The Father will send him. When <laughs> we get on the same page, when the church of Jesus Christ gets in harmony together and unity together for the return of the Lord, crying out for the return of the Lord, he's going to come. The Father's going to say, That's what I've been waiting for. He's waiting on us. <laughs> Israel cried out to God in Egypt for the delivered to, to, to uh, deliver. See, Israel cried out to God in Egypt, the delivered did not come until it was time. It didn't, the deliver did not come until they cried out to Jesus, cried out to the Father. We must be looking and waiting and expecting His return. We have to be looking. The Bible says, watch. And then we await for expecting His return. For there is coming a powerful day when Jesus splits the eastern sky and He is coming back. Habakkuk 2:3 For the vision is yet for appointed time but at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry The Lord promised us in his word and in modern day pro- prophecies and even by our bishop that he that Jesus was returning He said many unpleasant things that will happen before His return. They're speaking it out. Many unpleasant things may happen before His return. The Bible says it. Bishop said it. I'm saying it. The Bible tells you as you read it. Our pastor is saying it. Many unpleasant things may happen to this world, to this church before the coming of the Lord. But to those who have faithfully waited, He has appointed a time for His return. He has promised His church an outpouring of His power on His people with a mighty revival of growth before His return. He is waiting on us to get, to get, to get it together. You say, Lord, how long I've been waiting? But you realize He's waiting on us too. We are saying, how, how long, Lord? And He is saying, I am waiting on you As we wait, we are seeing our church become stronger and powerful in the Lord. As we seek the Lord and wait for the promised power, we will see the coming revival and the 500 families we have been declaring. Don't be disheartened and don't give up. He will do what He promised, just like Habakkuk said. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, an old song about tomorrow and about the future came to my mind. And if I can see, if I can pull it up here, if it comes to me. Okay. I'll just say, do the first verse in the course. And this is an old song. It was Ira Stanfield, Ira F. Stanfield wrote it. And I'm sure Debbie knows it. (laughs) I used to sing it as a teenager when my aunt Thelma and I was on revival. It's one of the songs I sang. It says, I don't know who holds tomorrow. And you hear evangelist Jimmy Swaggart sings it a lot. He likes it. The first verse says, I don't know who about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I walk beside him for he knows what is ahead. The Course says many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow. Hallelujah. And I know he holds my hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we worship you. We thank you, Lord, that we don't know about tomorrow. And as we are waiting for the coming of your Son, Lord Jesus, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we know just like you're taking care today, you will take care of tomorrow. And as we wait on you, Lord Jesus, you will supply all of our needs. You will take care of us. You will, you will protect us. You will even answer our prayers. You will keep us well in our bodies. You will supply our needs. You will give us the income that we need for the hour because you are a faithful God. You will even save our loved ones as we wait on you to save our families We will not be discouraged. We will not give up. We will keep our hand in your hand. We will not pull away, but we will walk with you and we will talk with you, and you will show us the way, the way, all the way, all the way to heaven. And we thank you, O God, and we praise you that even though waiting may be hard, forgive us for for being impatient, and give us that strength, O oh God, to, to wait longer. For whatever the price may be, whatever the cost of our waiting, we will be willing to do it, O oh God, because we know there is power coming to us that wait. Power to save souls, power to heal the sick, power to restore believers and restore those in the world. Power for transformation in people's lives that we will continue moving in the Holy Ghost, moving in that power you have given us as we wait on you, as we serve you, as we live for you. And Lord, if that be those out there in, in, as on watching online, oh God, that may be discouraged today because things are hard, things are rough. They don't know which way to turn as they wait on you to bring forth the answer. Let them know as they wait, that you will give them the power to overcome. You'll give them the power to resist the enemy. You'll give them the power to witness. You'll give them the power to overcome their own failures. You'll you give them the power to overcome. Whatever the enemy may put against us, we will overcome. We will have peace. Because today, our declaration is, I have peace. And I speak peace to all those that are out there right now, those that may be discouraged, peace to them that the peace of the Holy Spirit, the peace of Jesus Christ may be upon them right now as they are waiting for the answer. And I pray, Lord God, that their answer will come soon as I agree with them, whatever their problem may be, that their answer may come soon and you will solve their problem. I ask you to get involved in their own situation, O oh God. And as they fully trust you and give, cast that care over upon you, you will, O oh God meet their need. You will answer their prayer. You will bring forth a power to them that they may overcome and that they may have the victory. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, O God, for answering prayer. You always answer prayer. And if we don't get discouraged, O God, if we don't hold our head down, but we keep keep our heads up, we shall see the power come, the power to resist the power to overcome all tactics of the enemy, all the strategies of the devil, we will have the power. And the Word of God will be mighty in our life as we overcome. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Lord Jesus, for strength today, for as we wait upon you, we will have the strength to keep going until your return. And I thank you for it, Father. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Hallelujah.